Uh, shouldn't surprise anybody. Nancy Pelosi, uh, Biden should bail out of the debate. Why uh, well, Why bother, she's saying. <laughs> of course, this guy, they, they call it a lid. They put it on, you know, and basically say you'll never hear another word from the vice presidential, can- uh, vice president, former vice president and presidential candidate Biden for the day. Every day at 9 a.m. or 9.30 or 10 a.m. And that's it. Now, here's what I suspect. I guess they're trying to adapt his schedule so he'll be at peak cognitive performance at 9 Eastern. Who knows what they're doing? And, you know, let me tell you what I suspect. I I would suspect there is nothing but nonstop, never ending, every waking hour of Joe Biden is now being spent deep in debate prep because that's that's where the holy grail now for them. Because he's not going to go out on the campaign trail, doesn't seem to have the strength or stamina to do so. So the idea is to try and and strengthen his capability to to debate at nine Eastern for an hour and a half as strongly as possible. Now, I would anticipate that, you know, we've watched him in previous debates and totally collapse. Wasn't anything really spectacular as far as I was concerned, but he gets through them. So that that's not really going to be something in question here. Um, but I would expect this is what Joe Biden is going to do. He's been memorizing three, four, five points per topic, uh, two, three attack lines per topic. And if he memorizes his lines well, he will deliver them during the debate and he will just keep regurgitating the three, four, five point. That's my prediction. Now, whether or not Donald Trump's able to throw him off his game or, you know, who has better answers to what, you know, he's got now a lot more to answer for this week. With the revelations about Hunter Biden, goes a lot deeper than Joe demanding and leveraging a billion tax dollars to fire a Ukrainian prosecutor investigating his son who admits on Good Morning America he has no experience in oil, gas, uh, energy or Ukraine. But, you know, he's getting paid millions. Now we find out that this this runs much deeper than what we had known before, wire transfers to Russian nationals, Ukrainian nationals, Kazakh nationals, Chinese nationals, $100,000 shopping sprees funded by by foreign nationals, you know, follow the money in all of these cases, all while Joe Biden is, is in charge of Ukrainian policy. I mean, it might explain, maybe this explains why Joe Biden pretty much to the end of March was saying it's hysterical xenophobia and fear mongering, you know, to put the travel ban with China in effect. Maybe they want to piss him off so Hunter can get another billion and then later billion five deal with the Bank of China that nobody else would get because he doesn't seem to have any experience in that sector either. But the money going towards, you know, what the the first lady of Moscow and financial uh uh, payments and tr- and wire transfers and and everything shady and and ridiculous and the mob and the media trying to ignore it all and that's only part of what we learned this week you know we'll go over with Sidney Powell and jo- John Solomon later you know a treasure trove of documents 40 plus pages finally new and more do- devastating text messages struck in page handwritten notes Andrew McCabe Uh, Now we had now we see that there were good people in the FBI that saw this for what it was and wanted nothing to do with it. That's now part, hopefully, of a debate, hopefully part of the conversation. And Joe just can't say no serious person thinks that I did anything wrong by leveraging a billion taxpayer dollars 
so that a prosecutor will get fired in six hours and son of a bee, they did it because my son is is up to his eyeballs and making money in a field endeavor that he has no no business being in. Imagine if this was one of the Trump kids. Biden caught, by the way, in another lie. He's trying to, you know, pander out there. He's, he's out there, declared on the campaign trail that he began his academic career at Delaware State University, a historically black college, a claim that the school now refutes. Carlos Holmes, director of the news service for Delaware State, said Biden was never a student. Though he made appearances twice on campus for commencement speeches and and public university in Dover, one of the nation's historically black colleges and universities. But no, Vice President Biden never attended Delaware State, said Mr. Holmes in this Thursday email. And however, he was a commencement speaker in 2003-2016. It's, you know, it's like saying I have a doctorate when you get an honorary doctorate. I have, I have doctorates because I've gotten honorary doctorates speaking at a couple of commencement addresses. And so so that's going on. I got started out at HBCU Delaware State. Now, I don't want to hear anything negative about Delaware State. He told the audience to laughter. They're my folks. Mr. Biden. Look, it's just like he said he had endorsements from the NAACP. No, he did not. He never had any such endorsements. Not once. Never had a single endorsement. So that that, too, was a lie. You know, and if you look at the issues You know, it wasn't Barack and Joe that set record low unemployment for every minority demographic group in the country. That was Donald Trump that did that. Why didn't they do that? Why didn't they commit more money for longer periods of time to historically black colleges like Trump did? You know, why didn't they create opportunity zones for minority neighborhoods that were struggling in terms of the economy? All of their open borders, United Sanctuary States of America. What, what does that do? It, it, it creates more competition for jobs that we desperately need for American citizens. It also drives down pay for for workers by by having, you know, cheap labor, you know, crossing the border illegally. It doesn't help wages for American workers. That's, you know, and by the way, that's been a Republican Party point, too. That's why they wanted open borders. They want cheap labor for their their big business people. Well, that's not the way, you know, most countries have merit based immigration and there's background checks and there's border security. Talk about that. You're a terrible person. Um, One interesting anecdote uh, nationally, gun sales have been rising nationwide for months in light of all the violence that we've been witnessing that Biden and Kamala Harris deny and the media mob has denied. But anyway, Fox News reports that the Cook political report lists Arizona, Florida, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin as toss up states in the coming election. They indicate New Hampshire, North Carolina are also being considered toss ups. Uh, There's a 77.9% surge in gun sales growth for these seven states. Um, I don't know if that's anecdotal or not. We keep watching this this ballot fraud scandal unfold, and it's wider and has more depth than we thought. Democrats have been lecturing us for weeks and months now. There's no evidence of election fraud. Well, we've identified over almost 1,000 convictions for election fraud. And over, you know, 1,300 cases identified by the Heritage Foundation. We've been bringing this to your attention. And the last two days, we have two cases of absentee ballots being tossed in the garbage. Yesterday, it was Pennsylvania. 
We told you all about what was going on there. And today it's Wisconsin. Police in Greenville, Wisconsin, they found three trays of mail, including absentee ballots in a ditch. County Sheriff's Office there discovered the trays in a ditch ditch on Tuesday morning near Appleton International Airport. The mail was returned to the U.S. Postal Service. And the U.S. Postal Service Inspector Service immediately began investigating. And they're, you know, waiting to get to the bottom of that investigation. The DOJ now has intervened after discarded Trump ballots were found in Pennsylvania, one of Pennsylvania's three pivotal counties. You know, the the U.S. Attorney's Office, Middle District, Pennsylvania, FBI Scranton office began an inquiry into reports of potential issues with a uh, with a number of mail in ballots of the Luzerne uh, County Board of Elections. At the point, we can confirm a small number of military ballots were discarded. By the way, all the votes happen to be for Donald Trump. White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows calling out the FBI director, Chris Wray, for failing to investigate voter fraud. What what does Christopher Wray do anyway? Because if we're getting documents, you know, still getting struck page emails, you know, four years later, does he not care at all about what happened? The abuse of power, corruption within the world's premier law enforcement agency? He has he seemingly has no desire to clean up anything. Ray telling lawmakers yesterday he's not seen evidence of coordinated national voter fraud efforts. Wait till Monday, Director Ray. I'll do your job for you, along with our friends at Project Veritas. Stay tuned. Heads up. You know, you got a report, you know, all across. You know, you look at what's happening in this election. You know, the president reiterating his concern about getting fair election results as the FBI is investigating these ballots. And, you know, these are all notice it's all it's, it's all the swing states where we're beginning beginning to see the, the troubles going on. Well, who's keeping their eyeballs on this? Where are election watchers? Where are the well, we know that Joe has been told by Hillary, don't concede under any circumstances. Why? Well, does anyone in the media seem to care about that? The president said, I want to make sure there is no fraud. Anyway, the president talked about the ballots being found. Democrats melt down over the. The president about will you accept a free and fair election result? Biden say, well, what country are we in? Joe, it's the United States of America. Joe, you don't get to cheat in elections. Free, fair elections. Every vote counted. That's what I want. That's all anybody could ask for. And we got to make sure there's election integrity. Now, the good thing is if you go down to your local voting place like I do every two and four years, and there's my signature, and here's my ID, and can I now vote? And the answer is yes, although I don't think I have to give my, my, my ID anymore. You know, Democrats seemingly <clears throat> unconcerned about this. They're, they're telling us everything will be fine. I don't trust anything that they say. Remember Hillary said to Joe Biden, do not concede. We have to have our teams of people to counter the force of, of intimidation that Republicans and Trump are going to put outside polling places. That's just a lie. You know, they, they they are now preparing for post-election chaos and they're telegraphing it. They're saying it with their 600 lawyers and everything else that they're talking about. So, you know, is, is anybody going to demand that Hillary pull back on her comments? White House said they will accept the peaceful transfer of power if the president loses. Can we have free and fair elections? You know, by the way, New York Post today, their cover, where is Joe? They have a crowd of people. They hide Joe. They have to go to page five to find them. President says he's working hard, 
Biden hides in his basement bunker. All he's doing is preparing. That's all he's doing. You don't have to be a brain surgeon to figure it out. President says, yeah, Biden will do fine in the debates. I, I, we just watch his old debates. He's going to memorize his five points on every topic and then his attack lines, and that's he's going to try and deliver them. That's the plan for Joe Biden. Um, but we got 39 days, and you are the ultimate jury. Interesting point. Republican strategist Brad Todd says that Ohio's the new Missouri and Wisconsin is the new Ohio and how Trump defeated Hillary by a slim 0.7 percentage points. That's how close this election you have to sue, assume it's going to be. And maybe even you need more votes to make sure that they can't cheat. Who know, you know, in other words, you know, hopefully more people will show up and cast a legal ballot. That's all anybody could want. Uh, anyway, Vice President Pence is uh, saying he's now saying there will be an aggressive effort to safeguard a free and fair election. Over a half a million people have already voted in this year's presidential election, which is unbelievable to me. States now, well, we'll be counting ballots that are postmarked for, what, two weeks later. Are we ever going to get a decision? Not good for the country. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxson announced 134 felony voter fraud charges in connection with the 2018 Democratic primary. Whoopsie-daisy. Joe Biden would use the Supreme Court to terminate the Second Amendment, president talked about. DOJ has ordered Pennsylvania County to change ballot practices after these troubling findings. Media mob, of course, ignoring all of it. I love these people in the mob. They'll just say, you know, and, and these politicians, Cory Booker and company and everybody in between that. Oh, no, no, no. We we can trust, you know, that there won't be voter fraud when we've identified all the voting fraud incidents, including a thousand convictions or just shy of a thousand convictions. This is recently all these recent elections where things have gone awry and and just all of the questions. It's pretty scary. You know, DOJ has ordered the Pennsylvania counter to change ballot practices after the findings there, which I guess is a good start. They're now investigating the FBI ballots for Trump found in the garbage there. Military mail-in ballots of all things. Can you imagine? As if we really? Uh, Fox News had a piece up. The Pennsylvania election officials sounding the alarm that thousands of votes could be tossed out in November following a Supreme Court ruling last week that naked ballots cannot, cannot be counted. Uh, 100,000 ballots could be thrown out as a result of of the decision. And what the court ruled was that officials in battleground states can reject mail-in ballots without a secrecy envelope, which prevents the poll workers from seeing how someone voted. In other words, the ruling rescinding previous guidance, allowing counties to count naked ballots. I mean, do we really want people to do, do we not believe in in casting a ballot without people knowing how we vote. A lot of people would like election privacy and integrity, including me. You have an election officials in Philly urging GOP state legislature to outlaw secrecy envelopes for mail-in ballots. Uh, but anyway, we'll see what happens on a lot of these places. But I'll tell you, the Republicans better have enough poll watchers themselves and their own army of attorneys that Biden is saying that he has uh, because, you know, you're not hiring lawyers for no reason. That's my take on it. All right, we'll come back. The latest on the deep state. We have a lot of developments to give you and other news straight ahead. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. 
He draws his inspiration from U.S. soldiers and the brave men and women who wear the blue. The warriors who never run from a fight, they run to it. And in this fight, to save the soul of our country, it's time to wake the silent majority. Let this moment radicalize you. The battle lines are drawn, the mission is clear, and the time is upon us. With your help on November 3rd, Republicans are going to win the House, win the Senate, and again win the White House. When the brave are prepared, there's no battle we can't win. Let's do this. Suit up, chin down, and he'll take the lead. This is The Sean Hannity Show. All right, suit up. Here we go. It is the tipping point election of all tipping points. 39 days. You are the ultimate uh, jury. You will decide the major institutions, the swamp creatures, the mob and the media, the 99% state-run newspapers, broadcast channels, cable networks. They're all in. All in to destroy Donald Trump and prevent his reelection. Democrats are all in. Pelosi was on with Gail King, CBS. You had earlier suggested you don't think Biden should debate. Do you still feel that way? I do. Not that I don't think he'll be excellent. I just think that the president has no fidelity to fact or truth. I mean, like Joe saying the NAACP supported him. Like Joe lying that he went to college. Like Joe's plagiarism. I don't know what she's talking about. But anyway, Women's March co-founder, Daily Caller reporting, Tamika Mallory apparently saying the Kentucky Attorney General, Daniel Cameron, no different than, again, her words, sell out the other N-word that sold our people into slavery for not charging the officers who shot Breonna Taylor. Well, the times we live in. Uh, Ami Horowitz was on the ground in Louisville all last night. Let's play some of the sound he picked up. Hey, we're not Pretty scary. Ami Horowitz is with us. Tell us what you saw in Louisville last night. Yeah, seems like uh, have riot will travel. At this point, Sean, I think I might have a problem. I'm not so sure. I'm not sure. Uh, it was it was bad, as you know. I, I've been to all the major riots. I've reported for you at all the major riots, and this one was uh, it, it was not as bad in terms of the looting and the arson. I have to say, the Kentucky. Um, Kentucky State Troopers, the, the Louisville Police Department, and, and uh, the Kentucky National Guard did a great job making sure it didn't go out of control. But I have to say that the people in these riots were as aggressive and as, 
as as physical as any ones that I've gone to. And what you saw there was what they are really, here's what they're really into, is making sure that you tell the story they want you to tell. And they were hyper-aggressive, physically aggressive, with anybody who they perceived as telling the quote-unquote wrong story, which is actually the truth. And with me, when I was filming them getting violent and physical, and, and attacking a, and at one point they, 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 they were trying to burn down a library. Thank God for the police department. They got involved and stopped it and stamped up the fire before it got out of hand. But when they saw me filming this stuff, they got physical and they got aggressive. And that's what was going on. And, and look, the, the, the saddest part of this, Sean, you've been reporting about it from the beginning. She, this is emblematic of these of these riots uh, going around our country is they're built on lies, in particular this one, with Breonna Taylor, quote-unquote, being... This is, Nancy Pelosi said she was murdered by the police officers. I hope they can sue her for defamation. All of this is built on a lie, Sean. That's the saddest part of the whole thing. It's just, you know, well, we know the whole story. It's such a tragedy on every different level in terms of, you know, somebody wants to be a nurse, EMT, two jobs, saving people, life's calling... And, you know, an ex-boyfriend involved, we've gone over all the facts of this case, no knock warrant, although they say they knocked um, and identified themselves according to one one witness in the case. Um, But that just this doesn't honor anybody here. What we see. Um, Are they really talking about the Breonna Taylor, the grand jury decision, or is this other things we saw, you know, in broad daylight, the day of the decision, you know, a U-Haul with face shields and all this other, you know, stuff that have been prepared. It's, you know, it's mind numbing, you know, the organization behind the agitator part of this, not the people that might want to peacefully protest. Yeah, it's definitely not about Breonna Taylor, just like it's never been about Black Lives Matter. If it was about Black Lives Matter, if that was the important, if that was the important ingredient to what they were doing, then they would be worrying about all black lives. Whether it be a black life who was taken by a police officer or a black life taken in Chicago by another black person, but they clearly do not care. It's about an agenda. And you're right. I saw a number, and this is what, actually one of the first times I saw with my own eyes a, a, and, and filmed specifically things that look like they were pre-constructed for this thing. So, for example, one thing I saw were people bringing in these pre-made wooden shields, and they had them all laid out on the ground, and I photographed it. And I heard the person giving instructions how to use these things, and they're all prefabricated, how to use these things against the police officers. No, this is all pre-planned. They were expecting this. They were looking to agitate. It is not about Black Lives Matter. It is not about Breonna Taylor. It is about the larger agenda of overturning the United States and taking down the capitalist system. There is an inextricable connection between their view on politics and economics, and they are trying to bring these things together, and they are using these protests slash riots uh, slash looting and, 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 and arson in order to create social havoc in our country so that they can take the burn, in their words, they can burn all this S down. They say it over and over again. They chant it in order for them to rebuild this country in their own warped image. That's really what it comes down to. So all these things are all about. All right. Ami Horowitz, we'll have more reports uh, throughout the night tonight. Hopefully we'll have more peace tonight. Hopefully there'll be more preparation. Uh, it's kind of scary times. Thank you. And it's not easy what you're out doing out there. Um, Democrats make their first move to pack the U.S. Supreme Court. 
Democrats in the House now are preparing to unveil legislation next week that would limit the length of time of a Supreme Court justice that they could serve to 18 years. The uh, bill sponsored by Representative Roe, I think Kana is how you pronounce it, comes as President Trump prepares to announce his nominee Saturday. Now, it's called the Supreme Court Term Limits and Regular Appointments Act would allow every president to nominate two justices for four-year term. Of course, they want to change the rules, just like they want to get rid of the legislative filibuster. Just like they'd like to eliminate the Electoral College. Just like uh, they would like to, as Nancy Pelosi says, we can impeach Donald Trump every day of the week for whatever reason. Impeach Attorney General Barr. So now we'll do this because we don't like the outcome of elections. Listen, this has happened 29 times. All 29 times presidents have made appointments to the U.S. Supreme Court. And elections, as Barack Obama, Joe Biden often reminded us, matter. The country elected President Donald Trump. And like the other 29 times before this time, he's made an appointment. Now, when you have... 19 of the 29 times when you've had a president of one party and a majority of, of the same party in the Senate, you've had 17 of 19 confirmed. When you have the 10 instances where the president's in one party and the, op- and the opposing party is in the majority, only one in 10 have been confirmed. That's the way it goes. And by the way, the president was funny because he, he says, hey, thank you, Harry Reid. For another Supreme Court pick, because it was Harry Reid, then Senate Majority Leader, with the support of Barack Obama, that ended the requirement for two-thirds majority to confirm judges. He's the one that went to a simple majority. And, you know, it's, uh, it is what it is. So now they're going to have the Supreme Court, you know, they want to change it. You know, their election year hypocrisy knows no bounds. And this looks like it's going to done. Want to know how weird and bizarre the left gets? I saw this Huffington Post, the death of Ruth, just as Ruth Bader Ginsburg pushed me to join the Satanic Temple. I guess there are such places. I didn't even know they existed. One in Salem, Massachusetts, apparently. And I am a 40-something attorney, mother who lives in a quiet neighborhood, yard, garage full of scooters and soccer balls. I often walk with my children to get ice cream and spend weekends hiking through a national park. I am not the type of person who would normally be considered becoming a Satanist, but these are not normal times. Like so many other women in the U.S., when I just learned of Ruth Bader Ginsburg's passing, my first reaction was not grief, but fear. I fear American citizens are inching closer to living in a theocracy or dictatorship. Okay, we're losing our mind. The same, by the way, publication that had a coat hanger um, on the cover of an article. I mean, it just, it is crazy. These are crazy times. We got video, uh, Washington Times reporting, um, of some, I guess, part of the Black Lives Matter group last night chasing down a driver in Los Angeles, blocking his escape using two of their own vehicles surrounding the car, beating on the doors and windows with metal objects, and then trying to yank the driver out of the car for... I guess uh, some kind of beating, Remember, you know, reminiscent, I guess, of Reginald Denny. If you remember back in the Rodney King case, uh, the LAPD says a largely peaceful crowd of Black Lives Matter supporters failed in their attempts to extract a Prius owner from the vehicle. From the LAPD, a white Prius attempted to drive around the same protest, also became involved in an altercation with individuals in the crowd, a black pickup truck leading to the protest accelerated, pinned the white Prius in, forcing it to come to a stop. 
The driver of the Prius attempted to flee the area and, re- and reversed into a, a green Mustang behind it. The vehicle was also participating in the protest. Both the drivers of the pickup truck and the green Mustang tried to pull the guy out of his Prius. Prius driver was eventually able to flee the scene. Good grief. Is this the, is this the world we're now going to live in? New poll shows support for Black Lives Matter. I assume this is the group is dropping like a rock. This is according to Pew Research and the AP out there reporting. Protesters nationwide taken to the streets now for a second night. You just heard part of the report of Ami Horowitz who was there on the ground. You know, one of the things that is happening more than ever, um, this whole term of gas lighting is what they call it, you know, or blaming Trump and his supporters for everything that's that that is not their doing. But I guess the woke generation, I guess, will believe anything. Let's see, Joy Reid, genuine question. What will the relationship between the majority of Americans and Trumpists after this long national nightmare ends and it will eventually end? Do people antip- anticipate simply letting bygones be bygones with people who join the Trump personality cult? I mean, what bygones? Who's, go- who's doing what to whom? Donnie Deutsch likens a Trump rally to a Hitler rally from the early 30s. You know, bitter people clinging to their God, guns, Bibles, and religion. Smelly Walmart shoppers, the 15%, as Joe calls them, or the irredeemable deplorables, as Hillary Clinton called people. Um, We're going to get into the whole thing about, you know, now we have, thanks to a court filing from Sidney Powell, who will join us in... In a little bit today, in our 5 o'clock hour Eastern time, text messages, you know, agents worried about Comey's crossfire hurricane. There actually were good people that said, "Uh, yeah, this is not going to end well. And by the way, if there's ever a FOIA request on any of this, yeah, if this ever gets FOIA'd, uh, there's going to be some tough questions asked because they knew what was happening was wrong. They saw through all of this. And then we have notes. Uh, we'll tell you all about the discoveries. And then we have the discovery, Lindsey Graham and the DOJ releasing information that, in fact, showed that we that that Christopher Steele's source was known to the FBI to be a, a Russian operative since 2009. And they still use the dirty Clinton bought and paid for Russian disinformation dossier as the basis for the FISA applications and warrants um, against well, denying the civil liberties and, and constitutional rights of Carter Page to spy on candidate Trump, transition team Trump, and deep into the Trump presidency. So the real Russia collusion. Hillary's bought and paid for a dirty dossier, the source of the dossier, a Russian operative. They knew for 10 years, and they hid this information from the FISA court, just like they hid everything else. Think we're ever going to get to the truth? What are you doing about what Christopher Ray? Why didn't you release this earlier? You've had plenty of time. All right, live free or die, America, the world on the brink. Uh, Amazon.com, 40% off. Also, big discounts, Costco, Walmart, Target, and Books a Million and Barnes and Noble. Uh, and it is the defining uh, book about what is really at stake. And, I, and probably I understated the, the battle that we're now facing, never anticipating how radical, how extreme things would come. Um, let's go back to the comments, uh, you know, because comments matter. Joe Biden, police become the enemy. Redirect funds from the police. Absolutely. Kamala Harris praising a massive cut to the LAPD, praising the, the mayor of Los Angeles for doing that. 
Kamala Harris says that this is not going to end. You know, this is going to keep going even beyond the election. Are you listening to me? I'm like, what is that? You know, supporting, um, you know, her, her supporting protests. Well, we have over 3,000 injured cops. We've got nearly 50 dead cops in this country so far this year. We've been, what about, you know, look what the, the, the assassination attempt of these guys in Los Angeles. Look at what just happened in Louisville the other night. I mean, this, this is beyond reckless and irresponsible. Listen to Kamala Harris, and because uh, it's scary. After the murders of Brianna and George and Ahmad and so many others, it's no wonder people are taken to the streets. And I support them. And this movement will not be deterred. This movement will not accept anything less than real, real, substantial, substantive solutions. And everyone beware, because they're not going to stop. It is going to they're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't they're not going to let up and they should not. They're not going to let up and they should not. And this will continue. It doesn't have to continue. We know how to disperse crowds. Non-lethal methods of tear gas and pepper spray. Is it pleasant? No. Does it work? Absolutely. Listen to the audio of Sergeant John Mattingly getting medical attention. Uh, one of the cops shot uh, in the fallout after the grand jury decision in the Breonna Taylor case. Here, just lifting. Grab under his arms. One, two, three. Cover, cover him. Let's go. Cover me. I'm with him. Stay down, John. Mike, get out of the way. Stay down, John. Go, 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 go. You can go a little faster. Go a little faster. Go, 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 go. That's good speed right there. I mean, our cities have become war zones. You see it every day and every night. Let's listen to Charles Barkley talking about this ridiculous defund effort that the Democrats are supporting. Excuse me, and and I'm not saying there isn't 1% bad cops. Who's been talking more about abuse of power, corruption uh, within the intelligence community and the FBI? Yours truly, but I always make the distinction. They're 1%. The 99% risk their lives to protect and serve uh, their communities, and it's a dangerous job, as we can see unfolding every night. Nobody's going to want to do this job. Here's what Charles Barkley said. You know, I hear these fools on TV talking about defund the police and things like that. We need police reform and prison reform and things like that, because you know who ain't going to defund the cops? White neighborhoods and rich neighborhoods. So that notion they keep saying that, I'm like, wait a minute, we just going to leave, who, who are black people supposed to call, Ghostbusters? When we have crime in our neighborhoods, we need police reform. But like I say, white people, especially rich white people, they're always going to have cops. So we need to stop that defund or abolish the cops crap. Well, Hollywood actors and actresses, they can, they can provide their own armed security. Politicians have armed security. Uh, one thing that I think Charles Barkley is pointing out, rightly so, I mean, we've got it wherever crime is happening and violence is happening. We've got to be able to protect innocent people and innocent businesses. 
You know, and by the way, police reforms measures were done, you know, after Eric Gardner, which happened in the Biden Obama years, after Ferguson happened in the Biden Obama years and Baltimore happened in the Biden Obama years. It was Donald Trump who did police reform. It was Donald Trump that banned chokeholds unless your your life is in jeopardy. It was Donald Trump that did criminal justice reform. Wasn't Biden, wasn't Obama here to weigh in. Commissioner Bernie Kerrig, author of uh, The Grave Above the Grave. And he was the former, well, lieutenant uh, commander of the NYPD counterterrorism unit, also police commissioner. I call him commission a lot. Sergeant Dimitri Penny's with us, 21-year vet of the Dallas Police Force and president of the Texas National Fallen Officer Foundation, now a candidate to run for Congress in the 30th District down in Texas. Thank you both for being with us. You know, I listened to all of these comments, and and they never mentioned the violence once at the DNC, Bernie Carrick, and I know that you know how to make streets safer because you and Rudy Giuliani did it, and you did it with under a lot of fire and criticism, but you saved a lot of lives, and a lot of those lives were minority lives. Well, you know what, Sean, uh, the bottom line is uh, many, most of the lives saved were in the black community. Keep in mind, we dropped overall murder by 75, uh, 80% in the black communities in New York over an eight-year period. The most substantial drop in violent crime and murder in U.S. history ever in this country. So it can be done. Um, people may not like the aggressive policing, but when you have communities where the violence is so high and, and the shootings are high and the murder rate is high, you're going to have to revert to aggressive tactics. And, and that's what was going on at the time. But aggressive and non-lethal tactics. Is that a fair way to describe it, Bernie? I mean, we don't want to kill innocent people. And by the way, I would argue police need more training. And I mean, you're trained in, in martial arts because you and I talk about it all the time whenever we talk. I mean, you know, I've been training. I'm a student for seven years. I train four or five days a week for an hour and a half. Yeah. You, you know what, Sean? I'm going to tell you something. And, and uh, Dimitri will probably follow up on this. The training that's gone into policing over the last 20 years, whether it's verbal judo or de-escalation training or ASP training or taser training, we've given cops every non-lethal type of training that there physically is. And today, you know what the Democrats are doing? We have to get rid of uh, the tasers. We have to get rid of uh, pepper spray. We have to get rid of this. We have to cut the funding for training in the police departments. They now want to take away everything they demanded to make cops better. Now they want to take it away. That's why Carmen Best resigned. She said, I can't say they they took away every single training option that non-lethal option that her police force had. I can't in good conscience send my my officers out to protect you. And she had to resign. She felt in good conscience. And I don't blame her. By the way, if I had a, ran a police department or a city, I'd hire her tomorrow. Um, Sergeant Penny, you know, I want to stay on this non-lethal option because there's so much. There, there are ways to get people to comply if you just have a little bit of knowledge. I mean, I've been doing this seven years. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of the taser because that's close quarter fighting. Um, and I don't like the wires. And I only don't like to have two shots. I... You know, I purchased for myself for home defense uh, something called the burner gun, which fires projectiles with two pepper sprays and, a, and tear gas in it. I can't have the tear gas canister in New York. Just I, I'm, I do everything by the book in New York. They throw me in jail in two minutes. Um, and I also have a carry permit. But, you know, 
putting that aside, I, I like non-lethal options for cops. And the beauty of this burner, and it's B-Y-R-N-A, if people want to look at it, I'm a customer, I don't have any financial interest in it, is that the reason I like it is because I can hit somebody with one of these projectiles from 30, 40 feet away. And it gives me another non-lethal option. And I wish cops would, you know, look at some of this new technology that people have developed, like burner. Yeah, a- absolutely, Sean. And you know what the bottom line is, the officers you got to have money in order to buy, be able to buy these tools. And, and this whole defunding effort is essentially to take away tools from law enforcement officers. Look, when you played your, mono, your monologue earlier and you, you talked and you, you know, displaying the officers, uh, the, the chaos with the officer be, getting, getting shot out there in Louisville, you know, I, I was sitting up here crying, man, because, you know, that, that reminded me so much of what we went through on 7-7. You know, and it's like uh, I think it's I think it's important for America to realize that uh, you know this is real life. You know, this is you know we can't we can't play with these these with these uh, with these situations. You know, defunding police to allow the radicals to uh, to attack to attack our communities to and and who do they call? They have to call law enforcement. And these guys show up. What are they going to show up with? With you know hand to hand combat? No way. These these guys they got they're armed with billy clubs. <laughs> Uh, they're armed with, 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 you know, bottles and bats, and they're attacking our officers. What are these guys going to use? It only takes one strike to hit any individual in the head, and they're done. They're incapacitated. So we have to make sure that officers, yeah, they, they, we want them to have access to less than lethal. But at the same time, we don't want to tie their hands if they have to use deadly force. These officers' lives are at risk. And, and it only Sergeant, go over the facts that we know. No knock warrant, um, you know, surveillance for two and a half months. Ex-boyfriend Brianna Taylor involved in, you know, bad activity. He'd gone over there, used her address, unfortunately, which is horrible. Anyway, no knock. Boyfriend, who's not involved in anything criminal, gets up, thinks somebody's invading his home. He fires first, shoots a police officer, then the cops fire back. It gets complicated because now we're into now it's a legal issue. What are your thoughts on yeah. what the grand jury decided? Yeah. As and they were oh, they were know. presented with every option imaginable by the attorney general. Absolutely, you know what I want to bring it up, and you know my, my heart goes out to uh, to the young lady's family, right? But, Absolutely. But the reality is these, these officers had uh, they had a warrant to go to this location because of activity based on intelligence for them to be there. So they had a legal reason to be there. The the issue is when they went through this door. Once this individual fires, right, that becomes a deadly call. So every officer involved in that in that square, they're gonna they're gonna all return fire so that they can get the officer out, right? We see that the grand jury didn't indict any of these officers. They didn't they didn't true bill any of those cases for, for murder. They couldn't because they realized that these officers had a legal reason to be there. Now, I will say there is liability for shooting somebody that's innocent. That is. And you know what? And they paid $21 million. Am I, am I correct? Or was it $12 million? I think it was 12 they or 13 I don't remember the exact million. number. but they'd, and, and, and it's sad because, I mean, somebody wanted to be a nurse. It was an EMT, you know, found her calling to serve other people and save lives. Um, all right, quick uh, response, Bernie, let you weigh in. Listen, the warrant was legal. It was signed off on by a judge. The officers went. It was a no-knock warrant, but they actually knocked based on witnesses other than the police. A civilian witness ent- did say they identified themselves as police and knocked, yes. That's right. They knocked. They were. They identified themselves upon entry. The boyfriend of Taylor opened fire, shot the sergeant. They had to get him out of the, the apartment, uh, back into a car. They returned fire. Unfortunately, she was killed. 
that's that's about that's the and it was a legal firearm we need to say that was within the house it just is so sad um and then you see the reaction to this and though nobody is honoring brianna taylor um who is embodies nothing but everything you read about her just a great american uh with what's going on and shooting police officers who themselves are innocent all right, as we continue, final moments, you see the violence unfolding in American cities. Commissioner Bernie Carrick, former NYPD Commissioner Sergeant uh, Dimitri Penny with us. Uh, by the way, now running 21 years on the job in, in Dallas, now running for the Congressional District number 30 down in Dallas uh, this uh, coming election in just 39 days. How's your race looking down there, Sergeant? It's looking well, looking well. A lot of great things in the community, and look, it's all about name ID. You know, we we, we have uh, Sean Hannity's endorsement. You can't get it. You can't get more than Sean Hannity's endorsement. I love it. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's definitely helped out a lot. Trust me. <laughs> well, I hope so. You know, we just we know what we need is good people. You know, this is the thing, Bernie. You and I. You know my background. You know my family background. You know my, what my mom did. You know what my dad did, right. and. You know, I have such a love and deep respect for law enforcement. I don't like the 1% that are horrible. Nobody does, and we could always get better. What do you think about these non-lethal options like the burner gun that I described to you? I think I want to send you one. I'm going to buy you one. Listen, I think every non-lethal weapon that we can give the police, every and any tool that we can afford, that we can afford to give them, I think should be on the table. And I think departments all across the country, they would think and believe the same thing. Keep in mind, there are budgetary issues. When you run a department the size of Dallas or the NYPD, um, there's big budget issues. But Hey, Bernie, anyway, I hate to tell you, you know what? We can't afford not to. Well, here's the thing, Sean. What we can't afford not to, for sure, 1,000%, is to defund the police. Uh, exactly. To diminish their budgets. We can't afford to deprive them of the training, of the tools, of the resources they need to do the job. That's what we can't do. One one thousand percent. And, and you know another thing, Sean. This is what I want to want to make sure. I don't know if you heard the House Energy and Commerce Committee yesterday, but they talked about how, how law enforcement didn't have the tools to even to even uh, be able to respond to these radicalized protests across the country. You got officers showing up without any equipment. To these radicalized protests that they don't even know what's there that's a danger to them. So we're going to have to do something about this, the, the whole narrative, and, and make sure that, that officers have the resources they need, not just less than, less than lethal, right. well, definitely less than lethal, but also we make sure they have the tools to be able to I stop these break. radicalized attacks on them. Sergeant Penny, thank you. Kamish, thank you, my friend. 800-941-SEAN, our number. When we come back, Matt Gates. Also, we'll be checking in Sydney Powell. Wow, blockbuster information she has in her possession next about General Flynn. What your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. He draws his inspiration from U.S. soldiers and the brave men and women who wear the blue. The warriors who never run from a fight, they run to it. And in this fight, to save the soul of our country, it's time to wake the silent majority. Let this moment radicalize you. The battle lines are drawn, the mission is clear, and the time is upon us. With your help on November 3rd, Republicans are going to win the House, win the Senate, and again win the White House. When the brave are prepared, there's no battle we can't win. Let's do this. Suit up, chin down. 
and he'll take the lead. This is the Sean Hannity Show. All right, Puckle up 25 down till the top of the hour, and uh, this is the tipping point election of our lifetime, and there is only 39 days to go, and they will fly by. Now, a lot of revelations just literally come tumbling down. What did we learn in this week alone? The depth and extent of corruption, and they knew it the whole time. About quid pro quo, Joe Zero experience. Hunter goes way beyond Ukraine, and you're not getting the billion unless you fire the prosecutor investigating my zero experience. Some. We'll get back to that. It also includes uh, Kazakhstan and Russia and China on levels we never dreamed of. $100,000 Chinese-funded shopping sprees. Uh, bank transfers with Russian nationals, Ukrainian nationals, and Chinese nationals, and it goes so far beyond anything that we ever knew. We learned this week that the dirty steel dossier bought and paid for by Hillary Clinton, that the source for Christopher Steele that they knew was a Russian spy for 10 years prior, from 2009 on, and they still allowed it to be used. Remember, Andrew McCabe and Sally Yates, what'd they say? Without the Steele dossier, there is no FISA application. It would never have been granted. They purposely mislead the court. What did I call it then? What am I calling it now? Premeditated fraud on a FISA court for the purpose of spying on a presidential candidate, his transition team, and deep into the presidency. Well, Rand Paul and others saying, yeah, we need to investigate zero experienced Hunter. And remember at the heart of this, remember the impeachment over a phone call, President Zelensky. Nothing on that phone call that was inappropriate. One fact witness in the entire impeachment process. The other witnesses were all hearsay or opinion witnesses. A one fact witness. What did the president say? He said he wants nothing. He didn't want a quid pro quo. He just wants them to, to clean up their act, which, by the way, is being responsible with taxpayer money. But that's not what Joe was bragging about in this tape. And that's not what Hunter was saying to Good Morning America. I said, I'm not going to we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a <laughs> got fired. In the list that you gave me of the reasons why you're on that board, you did not list the fact that you were the son of the vice president. Of course, president. yeah. No, I, what I, role do you think that played? I think that it is impossible for me to be on any of the boards that I just mentioned without saying that I'm the son of the vice president of the United States. You were paid $50,000 a month for your position? Look, I'm a private citizen. One thing that I don't have to do is sit here and open my kimono as it relates to how much money I make or make or did or didn't. But it's all been reported. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. Even going to potential funding and associations with people that are known traffickers and those in the adult entertainment industry, if we're going to be polite about it. Matt Gates is uh, with us, by the way. He has a new book out, Firebrand, Dispatches from the Front Lines of the MAGA Revolution. Thank you, sir, for being with us. This has been a blockbuster week of revelations. Of course, the mob and the media is trying to ignore it, but I don't think the American people are going to ignore this. How are you, sir? Oh, thanks for having me, Sean. And it is something to look back at 
the evidence that we laid bare before the American people on the various platforms that uh, you manage about the lies of the Mueller team, about the bias that was there. And you'll remember the whole left-wing media apparatus, all the Democrats, and even some Republicans were shilling for the FBI, were saying that they did nothing wrong and that it had nothing to do with Donald Trump. In fact, it was like GOP icon Trey Gowdy who said that we should all just be happy with what the FBI is doing. They're not out to get Trump. The Mueller team should be allowed to do their work. And what those Republicans didn't realize is that the process is the punishment. This was never about having Donald Trump proven to be a Russian agent. That was nonsense from the start. They wanted this long investigation to cast a doubt on the legitimacy of the Trump presidency because they don't want to have a real fair argument with the president about infrastructure or trade or immigration. It's all going to be about delegitimizing the messenger. The left was successful at distracting the country for years on this nonsense, and I'm disappointed in my fellow Republicans who didn't see clearly what this challenge really was. For years on this program and on my TV show, I I said, and this is under Boehner, this is under Paul Ryan, that Republicans are weak, that they are feckless, that they're spineless, that they're visionless. Um, Donald Trump has has literally single-handedly revitalized a fight within the Republican ranks, and it's not everybody yet, but you're certainly part of it. Um, and there are, you know, 65 show votes on Obamacare to repeal and replace it. When it mattered, they were nowhere to be found. The U.S. Senate, you know, two, a year before Donald Trump's elected, they vote to, to just eliminate and, uh, Obamacare, just erase it. And then seven, you know, when it mattered, seven uh, Republican senators uh, said, never mind, um, which, which tells you everything you need to know about their weakness and their fecklessness and their lack of vision. Why is there this, this, why is there so few that want to get in the fire and fight? Well, Sean, I, I write in my book, Firebrand, that the political parties want to convince you that they're really there to save you and that the other party is out to get you. The reality is both parties are oftentimes partying on your dime, the American people, and the parties aren't even that fun. And so what it takes is that firebrand spirit that I think the president exemplifies to get people on board with challenging the status quo, challenging the system. And that was what the Russia hoax was about the whole time. President Trump, General Flynn, they were going to reorganize the intelligence apparatus. They weren't going to allow uh, you know, the tail to wag the dog when it came to unelected bureaucrats making the consequential decisions for our country. And that's a threat to just more than the Democrats. It's a threat to the bureaucracy. It's a threat to a system that has benefited a lot of Republicans. Look, how do you think Republicans get in Republican leadership? They play the game. And the game is corrupt and rigged against the American people. By the way, I've got to point out, you don't make friends in this book. You're not out to make friends in this book. Um, I was a little surprised at, at some of the blunt force honesty about Republican colleagues and others in the book, although I would like to guess the names of some of the other people that you, you talk about. I've discussed it in my own way. You know, Washington is like this incestuous cesspool, and, and you have the staffs of the congressmen and the senators, and sometimes the congressmen and the senators themselves. You know, they mix with the, with the media mob, and it's one big frat party, if you will, that's really going on with the winks and the nods. And, you know, I'll give you this information if you give me good coverage. I mean, this is stuff. This is standard operating procedure in that town. Yeah, I mean, I, I write in the chapter, Enemy of the People, that the media has become less 
uh, an entity to investigate and report, and it's more about them making the news themselves. And, and that's why the Hannity program was so important all these years. It was an opportunity for us to get the truth out in front of the American people. And when we did, you know, the, the, the criers and the whiners over at CNN, oh, they were triggered to the 10th degree because they were trying to force-feed the country lies about the president so that we wouldn't get to some of these key issues. And you bring the country into good focus by saying... Yeah, I'm not, not exactly saying. liked by the swamp either. I mean, I, I guess 45 pages of 302s would, would, it would be a good example of that. Or, or being number one on the list of people in our Ukrainian embassy in terms of being monitored... Uh, or 1,300 text messages, private text messages of mine being released publicly. I'd say that that puts me on the front lines right there with you. Not that I really okay. give a no flying doubt. rip, to be honest, at this point in my life and career. I just don't care. Um, let me ask you about 39 days from now. You were the first to draw my attention to the issue of, you know, we all heard about Mike Bloomberg, you know, dumping $100 million into your state of Florida to influence the election to help Biden. Uh, but then being part of this effort and funding this effort and raising money for this effort to pay off the fines and whatever other civil penalties uh, that are owed by convicts that they believe, I guess, are going to vote for Biden. Uh, the attorney general now and the governor uh, are on your side in terms of investigating this. The attorney general of Florida. Where, where do we stand with that? Yeah, I called for an investigation of the Bloomberg activities in Florida on your program. Within 24 hours of that call, the Florida attorney general directed this Office of Statewide Prosecutor and the Florida Department of Law Enforcement to look into it. Three key facts. One, this is not paying off fines for everybody. Uh, if you're white, if you're not previously registered to vote, uh, if you're not going to vote a particular way, no Bloomberg bailout for you. Two, uh, this is a situation where uh, they wrote an admission statement. Did they, by the way, them. this is all in writing that if, if you don't profile exactly. as a Biden voter that you're not going to get the money? That, yeah, if some do-gooder just came in and said, I'm going to pay everybody's fines off, that wouldn't be criminal. But here you have this admissions statement where they say the reason we're doing it is because it creates an indebtedness of these people to us, to Biden, to vote. Third and finally, the Florida statute says that the inducement to get somebody to change their voting behavior uh, is does not have to be direct. It could also be indirect. So this novel feature of Florida law combined with the unprecedented statement by the Bloomberg Associates that they are specifically doing this to influence the election, I think warrants an investigation. You know, look, they, they are not going to be able to steal this election from us in Florida, Sean. I'm worried about Pennsylvania. I'm worried about some other places. But we're going to run a clean election here. Well, I mean, probably because uh, I guess we have new electors down in, in Broward County and Palm Beach County and some other parts of, of Florida. Right as we continue, Matt Gates is with us. Congressman Florida, his new book, Firebrand, dispatches from the front lines of the MAGA revolution, Amazon.com, Hannity.com, bookstores everywhere. Um, look, it's it's hard for any Republican to win. you got to win Florida. That's never easy. It's always close. Georgia is going to be close. It, it, you have, you've had shifting you know, trends towards the Democratic Party there in North Carolina. You got to pay very close attention to them, but but you've got to hold obviously Ohio. No Republicans made it to the White House without Ohio. Iowa, you got to hold that. Arizona, it's a very tight race. The president won it by four in 2016. Now recent polls have him up by two, but it's very tight. Uh, then you got to look at other states like Nevada and New Mexico. Yep. 
Uh, Nebraska, too. Maine Congressional District, too, could make all the difference in the end. Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, New Hampshire all have to be in play also. Yeah, I mean, what's really happening to shift the political tectonic plates is the movement of Hispanic voters to President Trump. And I have a theory why. Is that real, by the way? That is that is so real. And it is animated by the Biden-Harris embrace of the most radical neo-Marxist destructive arsonistic impulses of the Black Lives Matter movement. A lot of Hispanics are, are builders. They build strong churches, strong families, strong communities. And you're talking. I just want to delineate. You're talking about Black Lives Matter, the group that chants, you know, what do we want? Dead cops. When do we want them now? Yeah, the the organizing elements of Black Lives Matter are explicitly Marxist. I mean, you know, th- that is what that is the political ideology that they are pushing. That's not to say that everyone who's engaged in a peaceful protest is a Marxist. But when you look at the organizing influence, that is what it is. And a lot of Hispanics are only one or two generations removed from real socialism, not like the socialism that you talk about in a hacky sack game at your favorite coffee shop, but like socialism where there's no bread to eat at the store. And, and I think that that is uh, helping us in Florida. It'll help in Arizona, Nevada, and New Mexico. We're starting to see those states come into play in a new way, expanding the map of potential opportunities. So you predicted Trump victory. I got to run. All right, live free or die, America, the world on the brink, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program, News Roundup and Information Overload Hour. What we learned this week about Hunter Biden and his financial ties to Russian nationals, Ukrainian uh, national, Kazakh nationals, Chinese nationals, wire transfers, far deeper than even Burisma Holdings, although even deeper there than we thought. Um, it's getting crazier by the minute. The source of the steel dossier we learned yesterday from Lindsey Graham, uh, yeah, was a Russian spy that they knew the primary subsource for Steele's dirty dossier that Hillary Clinton bought for. It was Russian disinformation. All of it was false, but still used for FISA warrant applications beyond premeditated fraud at this point. You have an FBI official on the Mueller team saying that General Flynn, the prosecution, had a get Trump attitude and collusion probe was was not there. This is a nightmare, one FBI uh, employee said. And the FBI, you know, has all of this information. I mean, you know, a Mueller investigator believed that the Russiagate probe, they were out to get Trump. Well, they were also out to get General Flynn. And that is, you know, where we're now heading in this final hour today. And we have a treasure trove of new information. Why are we getting it four years later? That is that is despicable in and of itself. Uh, a new filing by Sidney Powell. We now have access to this. We have new text messages released from uh, Lovebirds, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, openly worrying other people, FBI agents, worrying about Comey's crossfire hurricane investigation into the Trump campaign. One agent remarking, doing all the election Research. I think some of these guys want a Clinton presidency. Another worried about the investigation being steered down rabbit holes and engaging in conspiracy theories. One scared to death. I'm telling you, man, if this thing ever gets a Freedom of Information Act request, uh, there are going to be some tough questions asked. In other words, they knew it was wrong. There were a few people that saw the handwriting was on the wall here. Another writing uh, going on after the election. Agents were so worried about the partisan conspiratorial nature of Crossfire Hurricane, Crossfire Razor, the name given to General Flynn, 
that he actually purchased professional liability insurance. In other words, they actually obtained an insurance policy because of their implementation of their own stated insurance policy that Strzok and Page were texting about. Several agents concerned about the January 5th meeting that we spent so much time discussing. That's in the Oval Office. That's where Susan Rice went back 15 days later on the day Trump's inaugurated. Note to self, uh, Obama said, do everything by the book, by the book, by the book. Remember, they were looking for ways to set up General Flynn. That's when apparently Biden mentioned the Logan Act from 1799. Nobody's ever been prosecuted under that act. And that Obama himself saying, we need our people on this. And maybe we shouldn't inform the incoming uh, administration about certain things. You know, Trump was right. Why do we do this to ourselves? What's wrong with these people? Another agent said even disgraced former deputy FBI director McCabe detailed the odd circumstances surrounding the Flynn case in a handwritten note. Open nothing. Closed everything. Blackmail. Theoretically possible. Yeah, not the strongest theory. Other agents texting about rampant leaking surrounding the case. One agent saying it's it's got to be someone on the staff. Another joking, I'll resume my duties as chief morale officer and rectify that. There was no wrongdoing ever by General Flynn, and they knew it. They were using him, and they were trying to turn the screws because it was, it was anything and everything to destroy now a duly elected president. And if they're willing to do that to a 33-year veteran and war hero, imagine what they'll do to you. And we still haven't gotten justice for, for General Flynn. Anyway, Sidney Powell joins us now. I'm only giving, you know, the the Cliff Notes version here, Sidney. But, you know, it's disgusting that, you know, the Brady material that Emmett Sullivan told you didn't exist is still coming out with just 39 days to an election day. Uh, yes, and only a few days before our hearing scheduled on this Tuesday at 11 a.m. So this information has been in the possession of the FBI for four years. Well, it goes to my point about Director Ray. Christopher. Exactly. Director Ray needs to resign or be fired yesterday. Yesterday. Agreed. And by the way, Emmett Sullivan, is he going to now finally put take his, his foot off the neck of you and General Flynn? He's, his conduct has been outrageous in this case. Uh, John Solomons, the editor-in-chief for JustTheNews.com. Uh, let's go to the news side of this, John. You, you gave me a heads up that something like this was coming just a couple of days before it came out, and you were right again. Uh, tell us what your deep dive has found. You know, I think the most amazing thing is we've always said uh, there was grave concerns that the Mueller staff particularly had partisans who were engaged in trying to create a political outcome rather than follow the evidence. And in Agent Barnett's testimony in, in this document, you, he singles out people, people like Gene Ray, uh, and said that she was obsessed with just finding something wrong, that there was an anti-Trump um, uh, uh, sentiment that was actually infecting and affecting the course of the uh, investigation. Remember, the IG said, well, there was a lot of political bias going on, but it didn't affect anything. Here, this agent says it was affecting the decision-making. It was affecting the failure to close down cases that should be closed down. You have at the footstep of uh, Robert Mueller now misconduct in the special counsel's investigation, as egregious as what we saw at the beginning of the FBI investigation. Anyone uh, who worked for Mueller should now be interviewed. What was going on? All of his documents should be made public. Mueller is as much at fault now here as the original FBI people who created this bogus investigation. All right. Let, let's go a little bit deeper into all of this. The FBI's had this information. Why are we only getting it now four years later? For, it's been beyond four years 
that they had already determined that General Flynn did nothing wrong and that there was no reason to move forward with this. Now it now it goes right into the Obama Biden White House, right into the Oval Office. You know, are we ever going to get answers from them? And and by the way, you know, I, I, I with all due respect to to Prosecutor Durham, it's like this is two years. He's not done the country a, a good service considering all of this low hanging fruit has been ignored heretofore. I agree with you completely, Sean. I mean, we've got to get serious about remedying this and holding people accountable for it. It's been far too long already. It, it has to happen to restore any trust by the American public in these institutions at all. What, what else sticks out in your mind with all the new text messages and all these handwritten notes, uh, Sydney? Well, the text messages between Strzok and Page that are new show them playing with the FBI Sentinel system to create documents appearing to be one time or the other, having multiple copies of things. In fact, there's one comment that there somebody knows about two copies of the telephone memo. Uh, so there were apparently two different copies of the memo that McCabe made of the telephone call he had with General Flynn, which would make sense, too, because what McCabe wrote down is far more than the conversation actually was in the memo that was produced to us. So there's still a lot of documents that are missing that have not been provided to us that further show misconduct by the part of the on the part of the government agents here and the special counsel operation, which has proven to be the cover up that I thought it was to begin with. You know, and you think of all the time that has gone on here. There, there has been a massive cover-up. Why has Director Ray been so reluctant and resistant to clean up the world's premier law enforcement agency? Was the launch the origination of the uh, FBI probe into Russian interference involving U.S. citizens lawfully authorized and pursued? Well, I think it's important for the American people to know that when the FBI opens an investigation, it does so with proper predication, uh, with proper authorization, uh, based on the law and the facts and nothing else. And I think uh, it's important that the Inspector General found that in this particular instance, the investigation was opened with appropriate predication and authorization. As far as you know, based on the findings in the Inspector General report, is the FBI, was it part of some deep state? Well, I think that's the kind of label that is a disservice to the 37,000 men and women who work at the FBI who I think tackle their jobs with, uh, with professionalism, with rigor, with objectivity, and with courage. Why is that, uh, John Solomon? Yeah, listen, I, this has been a concern. I, I first wrote a column in The Hill two years ago saying that I thought Chris Ray was covering up uh, uh, what was going on in the Bureau. And when you see this agent now, the strong sentiments he had that politics was going on, FBI regulations, FBI processes, FBI fairness being thrown aside for a political cause, it sends chaos to respond. These are the, the line agents that every day make the FBI do the good work it normally does. And when they saw their jobs being corrupted, when they saw their investigations be kept open without any any evidence of wrongdoing, they were sickened. They were buying insurance. They were joking about it was a game of clue where you can make anyone look guilty by just putting two people on the board. This is the FBI we don't want to see. It's This FBI is what makes a banana republic. And Chris Ray's foot on this has kept the FBI from fixing itself. By not allowing this stuff out earlier, we've been fed a bill of goods. There's nothing wrong here. We got it undercover. There's something very sickly wrong with the FBI. And Chris Ray is not the doctor fixing it. 
he's the uh, the drug dealer feeding it uh, more morphine. And I think that that's a really bad situation. Chris Ray's got to step to the plate and start to give us accountability or get out of the way and let someone else run the FBI. No, I'm, I'm looking at down, all of this. Step up. He needs to be he needs to step down immediately or be fired immediately. We have to have people of integrity in the FBI, particularly now when we're facing yeah, all moment. the crap that's going on with respect to the coming election. Yeah, you're well, right. I mean, no at some point, what, what, what is the justification, Sydney, of of Emmett Sullivan in this case? Well, he doesn't have any. Uh, I mean, if anything makes that clear, it's the filings of this week. There was more than enough there before to justify the government's dismissal of the case. Now it's beyond reproach in any way, sense, or form. Well, frankly, it always was. But um, th- these documents are absolutely stunning. And I would encourage everybody to go to my website at sydneypowell.com and read the exhibits attached. Look at the documents themselves for yourself. All right, Sydney Powell has uh, had to leave us. She has other commitments. She's got to run to more with John Solomon on the other side as we continue. Then we'll check in with our buddy Steve Ducey of Fox and Friends. All right, as we continue, John Solomon, editor-in-chief, justthenews.com. Continue with John Solomon. Uh, what about the revelation last night and the new documents and Lindsey Graham? We now know that the FBI knew for 10 years that the source for Hillary Clinton's bought-and-paid-for Russian disinformation dossier the source for Christopher Seal, or we call the subsource, that they knew even before signing the first FISA application warrant that this was somebody that they had identified as likely a Russian agent for over a decade? I talked to four or five intelligence uh, analysts and FBI agents today about when you step back now, take the, all the revelations we've had in the last three years and then take these explosive ones in the last 24 hours, and what do you say about the FBI? And basically what they said is every person who forwarded approved, moved this investigation along, did so in complete conservation of their own training, of their own ethics, and of their own laws. Everybody who moved this along knew what they were doing was wrong, and that is a cultural problem that has to be stomped out quickly. Uh, it is just stunning to know that you go to the court saying, we still believe, and the fourth FISA, the third FISA, the second FISA, we still believe there's a collusion case here when the internal discussions were no evidence the, uh, the sources that uh, uh, Steele had been using are known Russian intelligence, disinformation people, people we ruled out, threw out, cut off, flagged as Russian disinformation artists, and they're continuing to tell the court they had a case. It is a fraud upon the court. It's a fraud upon the American people, and it is a fraud upon Congress. Think of all those briefings in 17 and 18 when Andy McCabe and Bill Priestap and Strzok and all the FBI briefers are telling it. It's there. There's something big. There's something going on. It was a complete ruse, a fraud. And if people don't go to jail in large numbers now, the danger of this happening again will be much more. You have been somewhat pessimistic in terms of where you think we ultimately end with the Durham criminal investigation, which is what it is. Uh, Now it seems like we're not going to find out, are we? Uh, about indictments before the election. Here's what I'll say. I don't want to impugn John Durham's investigation because I've seen lots of evidence of very hard work. Uh, I believe John Durham believes there are crimes here based on the way his team is acting every day. And I also want to give him credit. He doesn't leak. He's the antithesis of James Comey and Andy McCabe. You are dealing with, as potential defendants, some of the slickest, most deceptive people uh, who've been on the other side of this, right? They know if Donald Trump prison. lost the election, would we, in yeah. fact... No, that's what stakes at this election. If Donald Trump loses, this is going to get swept away. 
That's why it's either important for uh, uh, prosecutors now to fire what they have, or it's important for the American people to vote in a way that ensures that this investigation goes on after the election. Uh, there is serious wrongdoing. I believe they're trying to prove it, but they're dealing with some very manipulative, deceptive witnesses and defendants. And it's been much harder for a good prosecutor like Durham to make these cases. But I don't think he's given up. And I think we may still see a surprise or two before the election. But I've always cautioned. I didn't think there was going to be a large number of indictments before the election. I still feel that way. All right. John Solomon, JustTheNews.com. John, as always, thank you for being with us. Wow. Thank you, Sean. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. generation away from extinction ask not what your country can do for you ask what you can do for your country he draws his inspiration from u.s soldiers and the brave men and women who wear the blue the warriors who never run from a fight they run to it and in this fight to save the soul of our country it's time to wake the silent majority let this moment radicalize you The battle lines are drawn, the mission is clear, and the time is upon us. With your help on November 3rd, Republicans are going to win the House, win the Senate, and again win the White House. When the brave are prepared, there's no battle we can't win. Let's do this. Suit up, chin down, and he'll take the lead. This is the Sean Hannity Show. At 25 now to the top of the hour, toll-free, it's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, by the way, 9 Eastern tonight, the president has a rally. We'll be dipping in and out on Hannity on the Fox News Channel. Hope you set your DVR. Never miss a minute. Uh, my friend, my colleague, Steve Ducey, has a new book, and we're giving you a preview. And it's on Amazon.com. We have it featured on Hannity.com. Um, Steve and I have been friends a long time and he does this to me on purpose every single election year. Time is precious on radio and TV. It's precious. And he, he literally forces me out of my zone, which is okay. The biggest tipping point election in just 39 days and comes out with a cookbook. Now, there's in, in these times we're living in, these are tough times. We, the worst pandemic since 1917 and 18. We've got literally the, the whole country is, is on, a, on, a, on a trigger right now. We've got violence in the streets of cities all across the country. We've got now the most divided political environment I've ever seen. 33 years in radio, 25 years on Fox News. And he, he comes out with a cookbook. And I read it. And it actually makes me happy because it's got like all of the recipes that I would really like to eat in life. Occasionally I can use it, but I'm on a perpetual diet. It's called the Happy in a Hurry Cookbook, 100 plus fast and easy new recipes that taste like home. And I actually made it to the front of the book this time because he dumped me all the way in the back of the last book. And I gave him an appetizer recipe that I happen to like, uh, a mac and cheese it's a little, little deviation from my recipe, but we're going to act like that didn't happen. Um, sort of like putting an egg roll type of, of cover. And uh, Steve Ducey joins us now. How are you, sir? Thank you very much for that amazing buildup. Yes. Yeah, but you know, no, you do this to me every election year. Can I ask why? You do know there's an election in 39 days, right? 
Absolutely. And listen, there are a lot of books out there and a lot about policy, and your book is out there as well. But there's one thing we do three times a day, regardless of party or anything else, and that is we eat. And you know what? During this pandemic, we've actually kind of run out of things to make. So my wife, Kathy, and I. That's true, by the way. I've run out of stuff that I can make. Right, 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 right. And even and my so favorite we, restaurants, because I've wanted to support them, I buy more food than I can ever possibly eat. And I like I do the Hannity sampler every day because I just want to keep my friends in business. And so I just buy yeah. like three entrees instead of one, and I have a little bit of this one, a little bit of that one, and a little bit of the next one. Then, but I do like to cook. It's it actually is a passion of mine, as you know. Uh, absolutely, you you were cooking. Uh, you were a short order cook when you were fourteen years old, and and in fact. To go back to our first cookbook, the story about how you would make your uh, corned beef with cabbage, uh, mm-hmm. we put that in the in the holiday section at the back of the book, and you you dumped it in the back. Yeah, it was a Hannity dump, but okay. Hey, you're on page nineteen now. Okay, you're ahead of everybody else. You're ahead of Brett Bear. You're ahead of Judge Janine. You're ahead of Dana Perino. <laughs> it's all right. It's fine. Role. Um, well, I, I will. So the thing is, is you're, you're just perpetually thin. I have to watch my diet. I just do, or else I'll blow up like a balloon. And so well, I you know, only, I, I usually am very disciplined five days a week. And then on weekends, I, I kind of like let it go a little more. And then I get right back to it Monday morning. You know, you have a cheat day. Everybody's got a cheat day. Uh, what I found, you know, because I had done the morning show for like 25 years, um, there are certain things you can't eat after noon. Like I can't eat chocolate. I can't eat anything with coffee in it. Uh, something with a lot of sugar. If I eat it at supper time, it's going to keep me up all night. So ultimately, I've found a bunch of things that that I like to eat, and uh, I I don't eat them too late, and I'm able to get a good night's sleep. That and a little glass of bourbon goes a long way. I'm not the bourbon guy that you are. I'll, t- I'll try Tito's <laughs> over that any day or a good beer like Peroni. I just happen to like an Italian beer. Oh, I like that too. Um, is there a favorite recipe or your top five in this book that you love? And then we'll let people, we, we have a link on Hannity.com. We have a link on Amazon.com. And you know what? It is a great distraction. It really, I find cooking yeah. relaxes me. The good thing that I did look through the book and all the recipes in it, and they're easy to do. There's nothing here that's that complicated. Well, you know, because when our first book came out two years ago during the midterm elections to haunt you, um, we we did a book tour, and everywhere we went, people said, listen, we're buying your book. I'm buying your book for my daughter. I'm buying your book for my son. I'm buying your book for my neighbor. And Kathy said, why aren't, why aren't you buying the book for yourself? And so many people said, well, I don't have time to cook. I just don't have time. And, you know... Even during the pandemic, people don't have time. So what we did was we tried to make the recipe so simple and streamline them so that you save time so you're not in the, in the kitchen all day. Now, some of my favorites, and it, I'm not just blowing smoke, but um, we turned this cookbook into a Fox Nation series. And one of the, one of the special uh, recipes is Sean Hannity's mac and cheese rolls. And I made them for the crew, and we had to stop shooting for about 15 minutes while I made an extra batch because they, you know, they're crust, nice and crusty. It's not, it, they're the they're awesome. The mac and cheese on the inside. Oh, fantastic. So I have, oh. uh, from, you know, with my son, I'd have daddy daughter day with my daughter, you know, as often yep. as I could. 
And she would make me go to Subway. She can go anywhere she wanted to eat. And then I'd let her go shopping, pick one store. And she has 15 minutes, get whatever you want, because I can't stand going to the mall or shopping. Yep. With my son, it was usually like Daddy Sunday, and it would be like, all right, we're going to cook all guy food, steaks, sausage. My son loves my, my breaded chicken cutlets, uh, mm. rice-a-roni chicken, mac and cheese yep. was a staple craft mac and cheese, not with the powder, but with that gooey orange crap. Um, <laughs> and I love it. And we're actually doing it this weekend. Uh, so I've been starving myself all week. And I'm also making the mac and cheese um, egg rolls that, that I put in your in, oh, in the book. Great. Well, you know, the whole idea behind the cookbook, uh, and you know my wife, Kathy, about four years ago, she I have no idea why she puts up with you, by the way. I love her to death. But <laughs> go ahead. Peter's doing a great job, too. Peter is doing a great job. I think he's with Joe Biden, wherever Joe Biden is today. Um, Joe's best friend, ago, I've noticed. Yeah, go ahead. They're constantly talking. Um, we were going to go down to Florida, and my wife said, I need new sunglasses. So she goes to our optometrist. She gets a prescription for new sunglasses, and the guy says, you know, there's something in your eye. I, I want to keep an eye on that. Uh, come back in six months. We went back in six months. The guy goes, you know, can you go see a specialist across town? We went and saw that guy. Then the guy goes, could you go to Philadelphia? My wife said, when? And he said, right now. We went to Will's Eye Hospital in Philadelphia, and they diagnosed Kathy with eye cancer, um, melanoma, an ocular melanoma. It is so rare, and it is so vicious. Uh, she immediately started a treatment program where they put radiation really close to the cancer. And one night in Philly, uh, she's laying there in the middle of the night thinking to herself, what if this doesn't work? You know, who's going to take care of my kids? And then she decided, you know what i got to do? I've got to do this right as, as soon as I can. I've got to start writing down the recipes that I've made for my children just in case. So they will always have those foods that remind them of home. And she, by the way, thank God, is fine. Uh, she is fine. We just went back for a checkup about a month ago, and they said she is fine. i got to let you go. Yeah. Um, obviously, congrats on the success. Number one morning show in all of cable news, Fox & Friends. It's the Happy in a Hurry cookbook, 100-plus fast, easy new recipes that taste like home. Uh, Steve and Kathy Ducey, uh, dear friends of mine. Uh, the book is phenomenal. I give Steve a hard time, but it really, I find cooking to be relaxing and fun uh, and a great family experience. And uh, you're going to find recipes in here I guarantee that you'll love. My next one, I'm going to give you the Hannity meatloaf recipe next when you do another book at next election year. Um, anyway, Steve Ducey, my friend, thank you. Uh, it's on Hannity.com, Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Sean. Good luck. All right, 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. All right, Linda's been harassing me to death. John Rich has a new song. You got to hear his new song. You have to hear his new song. All right, we're going to listen to some of the new song called Earth to God. All right, are you happy now? I think um, you should set, up, set it up a little better. Okay. Earth Do you want to help? God. I can help. Earth to God is the new song. How about we just let people decide and hear it for themselves? Earth to God. Come in, God. I know you're there, hearing our prayers wherever you are. We need you now to send your love down. Take away the pain in your holy name. We ask this now. 
Put that up on Hannity.com. Is there a uh, is there a video to it yet or no? Yeah. So the, the the video is literally incredible. He basically wrote this song, was inspired to write it, and it features the riots, the harassment, the violence, and just people on their knees praying. People that are you know the complete opposite of this BLM organized domestic terrorism Antifa movement, where we are just attacking our fellow human beings, and he's just like enough. I mean, it's it's truly incredible. The organizers of these groups, they want trouble. I know there are people oh, yeah. that are peaceful protesters. They 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 then that's you know, that is a hundred percent American to, to go out, express yourself peacefully. Um, and they what they do is they infiltrate among these groups and we see more evidence daily about it. Uh, anyway, we'll put the song up on the video on Hannity.com, take a look at it. It's amazing actually. <laughs> All right, Hannity, tonight, 9 Eastern, Fox News. We'll have a lot going on at the time. Obviously, the curfew, Louisville. We'll have reporters on the ground available uh, for all of us. Uh, also, Kaylee McEnany with the president, Bernie Carrick, Alan Dershowitz, Rick Grinnell tonight, Kim Klasick, Larry Elder, Leo Terrell, uh, Sidney Powell, much, much more. 9 Eastern, Hannity, Fox News, set your DVR. We'll see you then. We will be uh, back here on Monday. And guess what? On Monday, it's only 36 days. And then you are the ultimate jury. Monday edition, Sean Hannity Show. Hope you'll join us. See you tonight on Hannity on Fox. Thanks for being with us.